Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Today we celebrate every widow on the International Widows Day with the topic International Widows Day, changing the narrative. The International Widows Day is a global awareness day that takes place annually on the 23rd of June. The day was launched by United Nations in 2010 to raise awareness of the violation of human rights that widows suffer in many countries following the death of their spouses. In many countries with traditional societies, women find themselves left in poverty when their husband dies. In some countries, these women find themselves denied of inheritance and land rights, evicted from their homes, ostracized and abused. The children of widows also often find themselves affected, withdrawn from school and more vulnerable to abuse, especially in the case of girls. The 2015 World Widows Report by the Lumba Foundation says there are 258 million widows around the world, of which 3.5 million are Nigerians. We focus on Nigeria because the ill treatment of widows is a grave concern here, as shown by the many NGOs focused on the rights of widows, one of which has joined me on the show. She is the founder of WI Care Lekota Foundation, a support system built to empower, enlighten, and rehabilitate young widows and their children during and after the grieving process so they can remain a vital part of the society. Let's welcome Diane Kalu. Good afternoon, Diane. Good afternoon, Gloria. It's such an Very honor to have you today. You. How are you today? Thank you. I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm well? doing good and happy International <laughs> Widows Day. Yeah, and thank you for creating this awareness and celebrating widows around the world, especially in Nigeria. This is really a commendable job. Well done. Absolutely. Now, for women in Nigeria, the death of a spouse is compounded by the cultural demands of widowhood. Many are stigmatized. Some are blamed for their husband's death and displaced from their marital home. Now, this has been the narrative for quite a while. Have things changed or has worsened? What states are we now? Well, I'm afraid that um, things have not changed. I would say they have worsened. And why do I say that? It is because you would expect that in 2021, everyone is exposed and enlightened and aware that every person living on this planet Earth has a right to freedom, to expression and all of that. But unfortunately, that's not what we see with regarding when it comes to harmful widowhood practices. We don't see people showing mercy. So these murderous acts are still very prevalent in our society. And as a matter of fact, just this morning, someone just called me and told me that her in-laws came to her house. Her husband died last week and they came to her house and accused her of murder. This man was assassinated and they accused her of murder in the process of the you know, emotional trauma of being accused. Um, she lost her pregnancy, which is the only thing she would have held on to in remembrance of her husband. So yes, it's still very prevalent. 
That's sad. Now, in May 2015, the federal government signed into law the Violence Against Persons and Thus Prohibition VAPP Act to protect people against various forms of violence, now including harmful widowhood practices. To what extent has this law been enforced? Plus, are there other laws guiding widows from abuse in Nigeria? As a matter of fact, I don't think enough is being done to create the awareness about the VAP Act. I don't think, you know, a lot of women don't even know these things. A lot of people aren't aware. And I would say also, you know, there are no stringent measures attached to this to say, okay, if you do this, this is the penalty you have to pay. There are no penalties to it. And because this has not really been implemented. People still suffer. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, there are no other laws to protect widows from things like this. And I think the government should really, really look into it. You know, they are first human beings before they are women and before they are even widows. That's, it's such a pitiable state. I mean, you first mentioned that where things have worsened because I grew up understanding that widows, right after their husband's death, it becomes a tug of war leaving. And another thing is you mentioned that the federal government hasn't really done much in enacting laws to help protect women. But we see all of these laws everywhere. We hear them come on the television or the radio sets telling us that they can report abuses and all of these things. So you saying now that not much has been done, it's it's still sad to hear. It's really sad to hear. Anyways, Dan, religion and culture. Okay, can go I, ahead. Yes. Can please. I cut in can I cut you in there? Yes. Can I cut in there? I mean, for me presently, I run an organization that um holds about three hundred readers. And I can tell you no one, not one of them, is aware that this law exists or has actually seen this law implemented in their circumstances. I can say 50% of these people have or experienced harmful widowhood practices or is still ongoing. Because as far as I'm concerned, abandonment or rejection can also be seen as a harmful widowhood practice. So I can tell you for sure that nothing is really being done. You know, I think policymakers need to do more you know, to protect lives. Like you said, 285 million readers in 2010. So um, this is 11 years down the line. In Nigeria, I can tell you that we've tripled, you know, every day you get the call that someone's husband has just passed. So that number has tripled. So we might be looking at perhaps 11 million readers right now in, in Nigeria. And who is catering to these people? Who is defending them? Who is protecting them? When that security cover goes off their head, I mean, they just have to solve. It's survival of the fittest, and this shouldn't be. Something has to be done. Thank you. Diane, religion and culture has had a big role, a major role to play in the treatment of the widow. Many customary laws and religious beliefs have seen many women left helpless. Now, coming to that, how do we ensure widows are not left to the mercy of culture and religion after the death of their husbands? Okay, so first of all, like I often say, that tradition is, is pressure, is peer pressure from deaf people, is manipulation from deaf people. We assume that we are smart right? But why do we allow tradition to influence our, you know, 
modern day life? Why do I allow the things that they did in those days to influence what we're doing now, right? And coming to your question, yes, I agree with you. Tradition, religion, and all of that has played a vital role in um, you know p th these women going through these um, very heinous and unprecedented path. You know, instead of trying to cater to them, they are making things worse. So I think, first of all, I think women need to be enlightened, not just widows, women in general, first of all, need to be enlightened about their rights, you know, about what is due to them. Because in knowing that, and even to enact this law to ensure that every woman knows about this violence against people, everyone needs to know about it. Why? When they are pre-informed about these things, it also helps to curb certain things, you know, certain traditional implications from different places. And beyond that, also, people need to try as much as possible to cut them some slack. Everyone looks at the widow like, you know, she deserves to be down there. No one wants to help her up. No one wants to, you know, the succession, the compulsory imposition of several things on them while they are grieving and their mental state is, isn't well put together in those times. I think that if awareness is created and every girl child is empowered to, you know, know that she stands for something, you know, she's able to thrive even from childhood. The girl child knows that she can stand on her own, you know, get her hands busy. Because I think one of the things that contributes to these things happening is that some of these women are stay-at-home moms and they don't have, you know, they don't have the wherewithal to cater to themselves or aren't well informed. Like I always give an example to these things. So let's say someone who is highly placed, I don't want to call names, but someone who is highly placed loses their husbands, who dares to take harmful widowhood practices or bring shenanigans to them? Who dares to do that? No one. Why? Because they know their rights and they know their place. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Diane, you are making a lot of sense. And the thing is, many yes. people... Okay, go ahead. Okay. Just go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, when we teach our girl child, even the male, when we teach our children, start from school to teach them you know, about their civil rights as human beings, about what it means to be a human being. And I also want to mention that we don't have a lot of empathy. We lack empathy as a society. And so that is something I also think that should be inculcated in our curriculum so that it helps to sort of bring down the expectations or the treatments widows get after their spouses pass away and in, during grief in general. A typical Nigerian would tell you, I beg, stop crying. Not only your husband die. No empathy, no emotion, nothing. So I think one of the ways we can try to help readers is to start teaching the core values of a human being, which empathy is one of those. You know, Diane, I love the point you mentioned about enlightenment and telling women, training them right from their young age so they understand these things. Because I watch 
on Nigerian homemade movies. And I see how sometimes the plight of the widow is portrayed. Many a times, widows that go through rigorous cultural practices after the death of their husbands are widows that probably didn't go to school. They're not literate. They don't, they're not financially able or financially stable. No, no, I don't quite agree with that. Really? I don't, I don't but that's what we grew that up because... watching. That was what we grew up watching. Yeah. But do you know that, that's what I'm saying, in 2021, widows who are enlightened, who are educated, still go through these things. Hmm. You know, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know what rights you have, if you don't know what the law says about you, someone is going to bully you. Do you understand? Hmm. Most of these women I'm talking about in We Care Lekosa Foundation are young widows within the ages of 23 and 47. And majority of them are enlightened. But in the course of your grieving, trauma, trying to grasp the shock, still trying to grasp what exactly has happened to you, you know, these people strike, you know, they say you have to do this, you have to do that. That person isn't thinking straight. But if she's been schooled before time, she, she's been pre-informed that this act exists. No, you can't do this to me. No, you can't do this to me. And she stands her ground. They'll back off. And another thing I want to say is, although I don't know anyone who has actually benefited from this act or law, my question is, do we have capable hands who are actually taking up these cases? Or will it be like the normal Nigerian way of doing things? You know, people slagging, people, you know, are there people willing to fight for the human rights of these young widows or, or these widows in general? Are they willing to fight for it? Do you understand? Are they willing to bring out themselves and be, you know, be the defenders for these women? That's a big question to ask. So it's one thing to have these laws. It's another thing to have people that are ready to enforce the laws. Exactly. Now, Dan, in bettering the plight of the widow, we have to talk about technology and the role that technology has played. But I wouldn't want to jump uh, into conclusions or put the cup for the horse. I would like to ask you, is there any role that technology has played? And if there's no role, is there a way that technology can help in this entire messy situation? As a matter of fact, I think that technology is a blessing to widowhood. First of all, it is through technology that some of these harmful widowhood practices are being brought to light. It is through technology that you can access support groups, international support groups, which help guide these widows to ensure that they understand that grief or widowhood has no race, it has no culture, it has no sex, it has no color. It can happen to any and everyone. So for me, technology has played a vital role to, you know, to help in the, in the course of ensuring that widows become better. Another point to make is a widow can decide that, oh, I want to take my life for that. This is not the end of my life. And she gains a skill through technology. She's able to broaden her horizon from the comfort of her phone in the comfort of her house. Do you understand what I mean? Like, you know, there are many things that this tiny thing called technology <laughs> has brought to widowhood. And I can bet you it's a blessing. And again, it helps some people... Okay, so temperaments vary and some people are very outspoken. You know, they put their grief out there on social media. And in doing that, it's therapeutic. 
because they write and people read and, and respond, you know, it sort of brings a soothing feeling to them. So that's another way to look at it. They find sukkah or closure or a soothing effect from publicly sharing about their grief. And that's a way also to protect themselves. Do you know why? Because when the so-called in-laws or relatives see that you're vocal about your grief, they become, you know, wary or careful of how they treat you. So yes, technology has contributed a lot positively to widowhood. Mm, beautiful. I will highlight your point. One, it's, it has given room for awareness. Awareness, more women are aware. Number two, the fact that they can now learn more skills, digital skills, take on skills. And third one is exposure. They have a voice. Technology has given them a voice. Amazing. Now, coming to the COVID-19 pandemic, it has increased the vulnerable status and plight of widows amidst government struggle to combat the pandemic. As a matter of fact, many widows have been left to shoulder the responsibility of living in a hard economy. Now, Diane, how do you think we can help widows go through this phase without burning out? Okay, so first of all, I think every individual around them can do something. Life happened. Lend a helping hand. I also think the government can continue to provide economic empowerment for these widows. In providing economic empowerment, you are, you are empowering them to empower another person. If they are empowered and they are comfortable and stable, they are able to take whatever they have learned and lend a helping hand to the next person. Another angle I would like to talk on is mental health. In Nigeria, we don't really regard mental health. And I, I would say the mind is the engine room of every individual. I think the government or individuals or bodies or organizations should do more to provide mental health awareness or mental, social, psychological empowerment for widows. Because the truth is this, if the mind isn't functioning, you're wasting time. You're giving her one million to start a business and she's not, you know, articulate enough or she's not coherent enough. She's not in a proper frame of mind to usurp that money efficiently or effectively. And so I think mental health awareness should even be something that, you know, is paramount. Before economic awareness or empowerment, I think that if they are able to give them some evaluation, the truth is the country is spiraling downwards and we're hoping that things turn around soon. But that alone is emotionally devastating for a woman who has three young children or even five young children. So that mental evaluation or emotional evaluation or whatever you may call it is very important before she gets economically empowered. Another thing that we can do is parenting design parenting programs to assist these people. It's so difficult for two persons to run a home or raise a family. How much more one person? And this one person is burdened with all of the responsibilities. So if she's not properly trained, if she's not properly empowered, those children will turn out to be you know, menaces in the society. When they become menaces in the society, who do they come back to bite? You and I. So the cycle has to be broken, but it has to be holistically looked at before 
they can actually be a breather or a breath of fresh air. I also think that just to add to parenting, we look at mentoring as well, mentoring for the children, bringing in credible men and women into their lives to ensure that they are adequately balanced. The truth is nothing can replace the loss of a parent, but there are ways to measure or ways or, you know, there are ways to fill that vacuum and mentoring is one of them. So yeah, these are some of the ways I think that we can cushion the effects of COVID-19 on widowhood. Amazing. Your final words as regards widows in Nigeria and today's celebration theme, Invisible Women, Invisible Problems. My final word to widows in Nigeria is, I mean, this theme is very apt. You know, I think that widows are hidden in plain sight. I think that we are over marginalized. So I'll just say to a widow out there, don't be afraid. Speak up. Speak out. Keep speaking out. We have to keep speaking out, keep bearing our minds until policymakers hear our voices. We can't settle for stereotypes. Everybody wants you to be, you know, to settle for that stereotype life. You can do more. Widowhood has evolved just like every other thing. So you can do more. You can become more. Raise your voice. You can thrive. Everything that has happened in your life it's not the end of the road. It's just a bend. And if you can, pick up the stones life has thrown at you and pluck fruits from the tree mm. around you. What a way to end the conversation. It's been such an insightful <laughs> conversation with you, Diane. Thank you for sharing of your thoughts. I mean, you have one-on-one uh, -on -one contacts with these readers, so you understand their plight and things they go through. I've been speaking with the yeah. founder of We Care Lakota Foundation. It's a support system built to empower, enlighten, and rehabilitate young widows and their children during and after the grieving process so that they can remain a vital part of the society. Diane Kalu has joined us on the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. I'm very pleased to be part of your program today. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Now, the Holy Book of the Christian says that true religion is to care for orphans and widows in their distress. The challenge facing the world today is to not just read the Holy Book, but follow its teachings. While the International Widows Day places a spotlight on the problems facing widows, much of the work has to be done to alleviate their suffering and deprivation that are caused in quiet ways. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.